Hi everyone, this is Dave Wright and welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. I hope you're all having an excellent week wherever you're tuning in. Just a quick recap on content. Last week we published a Q&A on how coaches can really get to know some of their players. I have to thank our technical advisor Dan Wright for his work on that discussion. He generated some great ideas and we've had some positive feedback on it. We've got more great content coming up soon, so watch this space. Today we're fortunate enough to have a very special guest for our latest Q&A discussion. Former New Zealand women's head coach Tony Reddings joins me for a fascinating conversation on the value and considerations of young female footballers playing in boys' teams. The question was posed to me by a PDP member, Adam Carty. Adam is running a great program at an NPL club in Victoria, Australia, and he has mixed teams across various age groups. Secondly, don't forget if you enjoyed this conversation, you can book a one-on-one call with Tony or any of our other experts via the PDP Mentors Program anytime by heading to the homepage of playerdevelopmentproject.com and accessing the Mentors section via the banner at the top of the screen. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Again, special thanks to Tony for sharing his experience on this issue, and you can send your questions to us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. As always, don't forget, head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com, where you can sign up to access all of our top coaching content. Hi everyone, my name is Dave Wright, and welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by former Football Ferns coach and current high-performance sport New Zealand athlete development consultant, Tony Riddings. Tony, how are you? Yeah, good, Dave. You? Good, good. Hope I got the job spec right, because obviously with your former role and your new one, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's been plenty going on. It's great to have you on board, and we're really looking forward to tapping into your experience in the women's game, because we've had a really interesting question from one of our members. So the question this week, Tony, is around uh, girls playing in boys' football. To give you a little bit of context, Adam's the technical director at a club called Murray United, which is a Victorian club in Australia, and he's sort of in a fortunate position where he's able to put uh, girls, girls footballers into boys' teams and provide that mixed experience. So we thought we'd come over to you because you've obviously had a great deal of experience coaching international women's uh, football and also developing uh, domestic programs for the, for the girls that you used to work with. So to start things off, what's your sort of uh, initial thoughts around the, the question as to the value of this uh, from a women's football perspective? Yes, it's, it's a good question and one that I've been asked plenty of times. So even, you know, whether it's in domestically and walking around the club and someone will see me and they'll they'll grab me and ask me the same question. And I always start with the same thing. Is I think you know, a big part of um, deciding whether or not a girl plays in girls-only football or mixed football is just what their um, general motivations are for playing football. You know, and I think that's that's the same for any player where you say, well, why are they playing football? Is it because they just want to have fun? Is it because they want to play with their friends? Um, is it because they want to develop or do they want to be you know, the next Marta or the next Alex Morgan? What What is it they want to do? And, and that's always a good starting point. And that would be the same if it was a boy or a girl. And I think it's a really good starting place here because you do have the option to play in either. Excellent. So taking this context into uh, consideration, first and foremost, an NPL club, this is girls that potentially, you know, if they show some quality through the age groups, I'm sure they'll become part of that um, pathway as such through um, state teams and potentially onto national teams in due course. But in their formative years and in their first experiences of football, if it is around participation, do you see any sort of challenges or problems with the idea of girls mixing with boys teams? Or do you think it's generally a benefit to them? I think, again, it probably depends which age. I mean, if you're talking the very youngest ages, say five, six, seven years old, 
you know, where a coach's job um, and a parent's job really is to introduce their child or their player to, to football and then help them fall in love with the game. Um, I, don't, I don't think at that age group it would matter so much in terms of it's boys or girls. I mean, just getting them playing is, is the main thing. I think as they start to get a little bit older, um, that's you know when they start to become you know, a bit more concerned about playing with their friends, uh, a bit more concerned about their peers' opinions, those types of things. I think those are the times where the decision becomes a little bit more tricky around where is the best environment to play them. So I think, yeah, I think yeah, the youngest ages, just getting them playing, helping them fall in love with the game, male or female, is is the main thing. Um, yeah, then as they start to get older, um, probably you're talking around nine years old, that sort of age group where, um, you know, I think that's where girls normally start making a choice of where they want to play. And again, depending on the level of motivation, if it's to participate and be with their friends, then maybe a girls only football is, is the best route. Mm-hmm. If it is to progress and be the best player they can be, then considering playing in a boys environment might be something that they do. Yeah, definitely. Look, I remember, I mean, you and I were lucky enough to work together probably well, a long time ago now, well over 10 years ago in a National Women's League team uh, prior to you getting involved with the, the international scene. And we had girls in that group between the age of 13 and 33, which for me, coming from a background in boys coaching at the time, was very, very unique. So, you know, I can think of a a player like Katie Bowen, who was in the team at that stage as a 13-year-old, I believe, and she was one of the younger ones who's gone on to be an international footballer. So whilst there's a lot of debate that rages around, you know, early selection and talent ID, if there are players showing talent at that age, then perhaps going and playing against women and, and, and adults is really good for them. So if we talk about some of the social challenges there and then perhaps lead into some of the technical benefits that if there are young girls showing some qualities there that where they need to be stretched, I mean, how do, how do we sort of address those issues? I think probably first and foremost, it's important to... Uh apply an individual approach to because every player is going to be different. And I mean, you just noticed, Dave, I've, I've listened to plenty of uh, your your um, videos and uh, read plenty of the articles. And it's along the same sort of lines as individual approach to player development. So what might be good for one girl might be not great for another, even if they do have the same aspirations. So you could so for, say, for example, the example you gave there, 13-year-old, if you've got a 13-year-old girl that wants to play boys football, for example, you need to consider what the social aspect of that may be. Now, do, do, are they going to enjoy playing football with a group of boys? Can they socially interact? Because it may not be their immediate peer group. It may be. Um, that, that, will need to be con- that will need to be considered. Um, uh, this, but the same would be if you're a 13-year-old girl that's showing potential in playing senior women's football. Again, the same social considerations will need to be made you know, can a 13 year old be in an adult environment where people are talking using adult language um, shall we say adult themes um, is that the most appropriate for a 13 year old so I think it will depend um, and if you look at the physical side of things for example if uh, can a 13 year old girl cope physically with boys football 13 year olds where boys are typically bigger and faster more powerful um, if they if they if they can, it could be a consideration, and the same for women's football. I mean, we have a little we have a rule in New Zealand here where girls can play down a year. So if a girl was you know had been coping physically well um, through the grades, but by the time say they got to thirteenth grade, as per your example, they started to struggle, they could then drop down a group, which then would still provide the additional challenge in terms of technically. Um, having less time on the ball, having to make quicker decisions, those types of things. 
Um, but then you need to consider they're now with boys and a year younger. Mm. So it's, it's there's no black and white answer whether it's yes or no. It's a, an individual approach where I think take into account the four corners. You know, can they socialize there? Technically, can they cope? Tactically, can they make the decisions? Because you still, as much as you want them challenged, you do want to have in some success. Mm. And psychologically as well, those types of areas, you know, are they going to be challenging those areas? Great, but will it be too much? I think that's where you've got to make the decision and make it at the same. And the decision you make at the start of the year, I think it needs to be reviewed during the season to make sure it is the right decision. And um, otherwise, a different course of action might be taken. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that constant review and reflection, obviously individualizing, you know, you, I really agree with that idea and it is a case-by-case case thing. So I think the short answer for Adam is that there isn't a blanket answer to this question. There's lots of considerations, which obviously we're working through. I, I was recently watching a documentary called How to Raise Boys by a psychologist called Steve Bidolf and he was talking about the cognitive difference in development between boys and girls by the time they got to school age. So obviously we create these systems as adults where they arrive at school at the age of five because that's what you know society says that they all start school then and his vision he said that you know he believes in the future there may be a school where boys start at six and girls start at five and perhaps those are the class age groups because of cognitive development and some of the research that goes on in terms of how girls brains develop at a different rate so all things worth considering in terms of technical focuses I mean do you sort of look back and think you know those girls that have come through those programs either playing boys football earlier or is there evidence at least in your experience where you've seen benefits technically for players going in and perhaps playing with either older women or in those boys grades yeah, it would be anecdotal evidence. I don't have any objective evidence around it. But from you know, from the senior international women that I would have worked with, I'd say the the vast majority, if not all of them, I can't recollect every single one now, but the vast majority would have played um, in boys football at, at some stage in their development. Whether that normally would be in formal competition, uh, a lot of them might have grown up playing with brothers in the backyard and. You know, sticking them in goal because, and you know, then they just booted <laughs> at them, and then because you know they're the youngest one in the family, and so those types of environments, um, I think, because you know, at a certain age, boys do become faster and bigger and stronger and more powerful, which does provide that extra technical challenge. So you do, you know, your touch has to be tighter, your control needs to be better, you've got to protect the ball better, those types of things. Um, and like I said before, because the speed of the game is faster, um, the decision-making time is reduced, which means people have to make better decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think individual approach works well, but also reviewing it because what you don't want is, on a, say for example, you've got this a female player that's brilliant at dribbling, but she doesn't dribble in a game because the boys are too big, strong and fast. Right. So what's a massive asset in when she plays against females or you know, potentially in the future gets all of a sudden isn't a strength anymore because she's taught herself not to do it because it's not successful. So coaches either ensuring that they do get some success bringing their strengths or encouraging those things even if they don't work um, is, is really important. But I, I think one of the considerations also is if you make a decision to play boys football, um, and it doesn't tick some of the boxes in terms of the social side of things, say, is there a way to compromise it? So things like, I know you play for your school team that's a girls' team, you play in a mixed team for your club. Um, you play in a mixed team for your club, but you also train with a girls' team during the week just to give you that social interaction because, you know, st- so if you fell in love with the game, 
staying in love with the game is obviously just as important. And if you're not enjoying it because either socially or technically things aren't working for you, then that might deter you from you know having that desire or passion to improve. Yeah, I think that open conversation around what's required at the time, and I think you know we'd probably both advocate for the fact that you know the 99% of players that are engaged in youth sport or as in this case in youth football, we want to keep players in the game, we want to keep kids engaged with the sport, and we want to make sure they have a positive experience. So, so managing that through the club and having been up to see Adam at his club recently and and seeing the program they're running, they're doing some really good things. I just want to dive into the social side a little bit more. Have you ever had any experience where you've perhaps been working with uh, women's footballers who have been involved in male teams and there's been anything that's been detrimental in terms of the social benefits or, or I guess the social cost um, or issues that have arisen that you can recall or has it been pretty smooth sailing? Yeah, a few, a few bits and pieces, um, you know, things like the boys don't pass to the girls, for example, mm. uh, and the boys, you know, they'll be, you know, you always get cliques within football teams anyway, but not involving the girls in those types of things so the girls you know they play football because it's a team sport and the camaraderie and, and the socialness that comes with that 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 is missing so i think yeah if you are the odd one out say you're the only girl in the team i think um it, it can be a challenge for, for for some females in there that they you know they to be able to you know maybe it's not so natural for the boys to have a girl in the team those types of things and i think that's where a coach is really important that they foster those sorts of environments that are inclusive. Um, they recognise that that could be uh, a, a consideration to be able to more proactively involve and make 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 the girls, make the females in the team feel included and, and part of it. It is really important. So that's where you know coaches need to know people individually. They've got to see how the teams are working together. I've seen that, but then I've also seen. Um, suppose, say, for example, with the senior national team, we would often. Um, put our girls in, in man environments. Um, so, so say, for example, a senior player comes back from overseas that's been in a pro environment, comes up to train with us for an extended period of time. We will look to try and place them in a boys' environment um, as, as often as we can. Mm. Um, and then typically what you get in those environments is sometimes the boys take it easy on the girls. So they might train in men's football and you put them in there because you want the girls to, you know, to have to have a better touch, to be physically stronger, to be able to compete more physically. But then the boys don't tackle them because they feel like until yeah. the girl gives them a boot maybe or, or, or goes through them in a tackle, then they realize, oh, <laughs> start looking after myself. But sometimes that can be something which can affect female development as well. So I think just being aware of that and as a coach managing that, I think that's a really important role of the coach because... Uh, I think to say, oh, that's the player's responsibility to do it is pretty intimidating if you're a female and an all-boys team. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you from experience when I was working with you, being a male, having to fill in in some of the sessions, it was pretty intimidating when the girls were running around me. So, uh, you know, credit to them. There were some fantastic players in the group. And I think, um, you know, you can see at times the uh, the sort of level of physicality in women's football and the, the desire with which the girls play. It doesn't really differ between one and the other, in my opinion. They're just as physical and that desire is there. But I think, alluding to your earlier points, it's around managing difference, isn't it? And we, whether you're coaching a boys' team or a girls' team, we have to manage difference well within the group and we have to coach individuals in a different way or potentially communicate in a different way so that that comes down to it tony some really interesting insights here just to just to wrap things up is, is there some sort of final advice you would pass on to adam as i say he's running a great program up there in terms of final considerations or perhaps some practical things to consider going away from this discussion 
Yeah, I think probably just to understand it's not a one size fits all with this sort of approach. So, you know, you might say, oh yeah, girls should all play in boys football if they want to advance their development, accelerate it, isn't always the case. Um, so I think taking an individual approach, understanding your player, managing difference, like what you said, um, but knowing that it is an individual, um, you have to treat everything on an individual basis, but you need to make sure you're constantly reviewing it, monitoring it, to make sure that the decisions that have been made are the best ones. And it, you, oh, they were great in the boys team last year, let's keep them in it this year, is you need to revisit those types of things. So I think you're yeah, just um, you're realizing that an individual approach needs to be taken um, so that you make sure you're, um, the, the, the motivation for playing is being, that box is being ticked for the player, but that you are doing the best for them for their development and also just making sure they stay in love with the game. Excellent. Well, Tony, thank you so much for your time. It's wonderful to get some insights from your experience in this, so we really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Excellent. And we hopefully uh, have helped Adam out with some ideas, and it is a fascinating topic. So if you've got thoughts, send us a tweet at PlayerDP, and we'll uh, we'll continue the conversation. We will look forward to another Player Development Project Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.